there's not much to do except for to plan, to process, and in our case, to kind of evaluate where they are, where they're headed, and analyze some of the decisions that are about to be made and who, in this case today, who will be making them. Well, look, as we've talked about, this is going to be a landmark offseason for the Chicago Bears. This is going to be a true test for Ryan Poles to see what his roster building vision is and how much he can get done in one offseason with a plan that he has consistently emphasized needs to require patience and discipline. And so we look at this, David, and we are uh, as this episode launches, we're 90 days out from the NFL draft. We're 45 days out from the start of the free agency negotiating period. And so those are uh, uh, still a long way off. They still give the Bears a lot of time to plan for things, but they're going to get on us really quickly. And when March 13 rolls around and we've got that, that, that opening of the negotiating period two days before the new league year starts, things are going to get hot and hectic really quickly, and the Bears better be prepared. They better have a plan, and they better have a plan A, B, C, D, E, because that's what the offseason is all about. So we're dropping this Take the North podcast on Friday morning. You can get it on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow along if you want to watch us talk to each other and break down the Bears on the 670 The Score YouTube page and the Odyssey's YouTube page as well. And, Dan, I think let's start with – here's what I wanted to go about it because every step along the way, we're going to stop and evaluate exactly – you know, the decisions that are made and why they might be making them. Let's start by looking at Ryan Poles and the degree of, I guess, confidence or faith, or maybe you go the other way, that skepticism and doubt. You could go either way with Ryan Poles. One year on the job, there isn't a large body of work, and I don't know how one relates to the other, but you're going to be seeing mock drafts, which suggests the Bears trade to whoever. You're going to be seeing projections in free agency. Hey, he should spend $14 million on Saquon Barkley for a salary. Some talk radio. Yeah, that guy is really, really getting aggressive with that train exactly. of thought. I don't know who that guy is, but he's hammering it. All of those suggestions and all of those possibilities, they're going to revolve around the judgment and the wisdom and – what Ryan Poles overall will do. So I think we should have a discussion about what we think Ryan Poles will rely upon and based on history or just what we see when we start to evaluate the first-year general manager. So a couple things to this. Number one, it is a leap of faith for Bears fans to put their trust in Ryan Poles here because there's just not enough of a a body of work or a big enough sample size at this time to know just how successful he is and can be in this role. That's not to say he can't be trusted. It just takes a leap of faith to have that confidence that he's going to take this number one pick, that he's going to take this hundred, you know, 15 plus million dollars in cap space. And he's going to do all sorts of things that bolster this roster and put the bears in a position to do what his ultimate vision is, which is to sustain success. I can't say this enough that Ryan Poles has been so consistent with his vision of understanding that, that this is not a one-year fix and that he's not aiming for a one-year fix, that he wants to get to a period, as we've talked about many times on this show, where the Bears go through a, a run of, of 10 years where they are consistently relevant in the championship conversation. Later in the podcast, I'm going to give you a whole bunch of data on that that I think is going to open your eyes and, 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 and give you an idea of, of exactly the mountain that they're at the base of trying to climb. But, David, I also looked back, and I'll give you some of this in a minute, to, to a, a story I did last offseason as Ryan Poles was entering his first full season 
uh, as the general manager of the Chicago Bears to get a little better feel of, of his his philosophies uh, and his stance and, and to, to remember some of the things he said during the spring and summer of 2022 that are relevant to 2023. We can get to that in a minute, but obviously I think you know that, that, that this, this push for sustainability is the biggest thing that's going on inside Hales Hall right now and the biggest thing that they've got to address. you got to break through. I think before you sustain, sustain success, you've got to achieve some. you got to break through. The Bears are one of six NFL teams that haven't won a playoff game in a decade. So I think you want to start there. How do you get there? Well, a lot of these decisions are going to, uh, number one, determine how long you wait to get back to the playoffs, and secondly, how long you'll stay there. So you want to you want to put all of that in front of Ryan Poles and say, yeah, okay, answer these questions, but it, it's a very long list. I, I want to start with maybe th- there's some data out there, but th- I want to explain the origin of why I, I feel felt somewhat triggered to go in this direction because in the past week, as these mock drafts start to uh, fill our <laughs> and, and whatever the case may be, or uh, we start to read them, internalize them, there's a range here. And, and I want to, like, last week we talked about uh, Dane Brugler, um, the NFL draft Bible, I believe. Or no, from The Athletic, excuse me. Dane Brugler's from The Athletic. Talked about the Colts giving up, uh, swapping positions with the Bears at number four and giving up a uh, first-round pick next year and the 35th overall pick this year. And that was to move up three spots, which I felt like, well – Maybe that's not enough. I don't know if I would take that or not, but I think it was a, a reasonable uh, yeah. trade proposal based on people who are around the league. And then, Dan, on Thursday, I saw CBS Sportsline with a mock draft <laughs> that had the Raiders moving up from seven to one with the Bears, moving up six spots. And when you get done with going through the laundry list of players are giving up seven bodies. They're going to give up seven players for to move up six spots. Besides swapping spots, the proposal on CBS Sportsline was <laughs> a second, third, and fifth this year. That's three. A first and third next year. That's five. And a first and fourth in 2025. And I made this comment on the radio on the Mullen Haw Show daily, 530 to 10. Thanks for listening. But I said, if Ryan Poles pulls that off, he's the front runner for executive of the year. Nobody would ever offer that, and you'd be a fool not to take that. Well, and the, we, listen, like we're going to have to sift through a lot of fantasy land proposals here that are just concocted in some some weird lab of, of social media driven excitement. You know, the only way you get engagement these days, particularly in an off season where there's nothing real happening for another 45 days is to drum up something that makes people go, holy cow. And so there's going to be a lot of holy cow mock drafts that we're going to have to look at a, ho- a lot of holy cow trades that the bears pulled off, you know, to, 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 to bolster their roster. But listen, they can get that and they can be picking from other teams. First round arsenal for three years, then Pull the trigger in a heartbeat. This, you know, this, this isn't like this isn't like Grabowski.com. I mean, this is not like Meatball Bear Fan or whatever. This is CBS Sportsline. That's who, what I mean. Is like who was the generator of that? Do you know? Uh, like the, I, don't, I don't know him. I will try to find that before the end of the pod. But it was something that caught my eye because of the imbalance yeah. of the trade proposal. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but look, I think we're both in agreement that if if you if you feel like there's not a player at number one that is a must-have guy and is an absolute no-doubt 
long-term difference-making starter for your program, then you listen to trade possibilities. And you listen to as many trade possibilities as anyone's willing to offer. Ryan Poles and, and the Bears, you know, front office and coaching staff is going to hit the road here. They're going to be bouncing around between the, the, the Senior Bowl and the East-West Shrine game. And then next month at the Combine, there's going to be an opportunity to talk to people all across the league. And they will have a much greater pulse on what the trade market actually is for that number one pick. And they'll be able to make sound, practical decisions on what makes sense for the building of their roster. The one thing you can't lose is the fact that the Bears have to add difference-making talent to this roster. The more swings you have, the better your chances are of hitting that. But you also want to make sure that as you move around the board, that you're moving to levels that you're comfortable with. You know, And we've talked about previously, there's going to be a floor of where the Bears are willing to go to, um, you know, to, to, to still feel like they're going to get something meaningful out of the draft. Um, look, <laughs> again, this is going to be a long stretch stretch of time with with you know seven plus weeks before free agency and then another seven plus weeks beyond that until the draft starts of a lot of different speculative uh possibilities that are out there you know me i'm a, I'm a may 1st guy give me to may 1st let me see what the roster looks like and then and let's break it down from there when all the hypotheticals are in, in the rear view okay so i introduced a couple um, <laughs> i'm happy i mean just, look we've got to we've got to talk about something right and and, and well, these are good but this is what people are are i think uh we're separating, we're trying to, do, we're the filter, right? We're trying to separate what you should believe in and what it, maybe you shouldn't. Now, besides introducing that, you have some actual information, data that you think is worth analyzing. So I will let you introduce that yeah. because I'm done with my hypotheticals of, for this pot, at least. Before we get to the data, I'm going to give you a couple things that I, I, I pulled out of the story I wrote um, last offseason about Ryan Poles, just to give you a better feel for kind of his mindset. And I'm going to read you a couple quotes, a couple from Ryan Poles and then and then one from Bill Polian, who obviously was instrumental in the hiring of Ryan Poles. It just kind of reset the vision, right? I think that's important to do. Um, this is from Ryan Poles. Last year at the owners' meetings in March, he said, listen, I always want to be at the pinnacle that I just left in Kansas City, but I also have to remember that there's a right way of doing things to get to that point. That's been challenging for sure. Again, that speaks to the balance of patience and urgency. This is also Ryan Poles, which I love because this is, this is I, I think, something that speaks to the arrival of Kevin Warren. It speaks to why the union between those two men is going to be as powerful it is, as it is. This is Ryan Poles speaking last offseason. You can never feel comfortable. You have to always try to improve. You have to always keep tweaking and adjusting. You don't have to make the atmosphere stiff in the facility, but there always has to be a sense of urgency to get better. It's far more difficult to sustain excellence at the top than it is to climb to that point. When you have success, naturally as human beings, we relax. And I think sometimes with that relaxation in football, that's when the rest of the league jumps up and gets you. And here's a good one. You have to have that feeling that something is chasing you all the time and you have to keep running and keep improving. I feel like we just started that race, but we're always going to feel like we're being chased. I love that mindset for a guy who was coming into the GM's role for the first uh, time in the first offseason. And it's something that I, I think is inside of Ryan Poles' DNA. And it's that urgency and that feeling like you're always being chased and he understands that in Kansas City that getting to that that point where you're like okay we are a legitimate championship contender was difficult and then it was three times as difficult to stay there and we bring that up now because guess what David the Kansas City Chiefs are in conference championship Sunday for the fifth consecutive year and I can't stress that enough because that's an experience that Ryan Poles was a part of for four of those seasons that tells him okay that feeling right it's real and it's warranted that feeling of always feeling like you're being chased. 
Do you think that his experience in Kansas City will influence him in other ways? He may have that uh, – it may have left an impression on how you react and instinctively how you shape uh, your agenda or how you re- respond to um, trade offers, I, you know, the mentality. I think the mentality is one thing. I also think that there's a practical approach to team building that is beyond the the philosophical and also gets to be very much what you have to do, not maybe what you want to do. And I wonder how he balances those. This is a guy that when he got when he got the job, yeah, we had the Chiefs pedigree, but he also, well, he's an offensive lineman. You know, he's an offensive lineman, and that's going to shape his uh, percept or how he does his job. And the first guy he hires to be his assistant, well, he's a former offensive lineman, so he's going to be that kind of guy. Do you think anything about his football, maybe playing past, uh, is going to factor into what what he thinks about you know what to do with an, a, a high pick? Um, as much as it, what his experience with the Chiefs might dictate. Maybe not what to do with the high pick, but I can tell you the two Super Bowl experiences that is that Ryan Poles had were that they shaped him in a certain way. They had a, a profound impact on him. Obviously, you win the Super Bowl with the Chiefs and you get to experience that parade. And that's something that he's talked about with goosebumps on his arms, just talking about getting on those double-decker buses to go be part of a Super Bowl parade in Kansas City and saying that it takes your breath away to be part of that and understanding that that is the ultimate thing that you're you're trying to achieve. Well, then they come back a couple years later and they lose in the Super Bowl uh, in that game in Tampa, right? They lose to the, the, the Bucks because they couldn't protect Patrick. Mahomes, who was a mess throughout a Super Bowl that, that that they went into feeling like, okay, we're positioned to win a second one. We've got a chance here to add to our ring collection. And then you leave that stadium that night going, oh my God, our offensive line was beat up. We didn't have the depth. We didn't have the talent we needed up front. And our, uh, you know, otherworldly quarterback never had a chance to do otherworldly things on the game's biggest stage. And so Ryan Poles has talked subtly and he's talked directly about that loss and understanding that, okay, we got to make sure that in front of our quarterback, we've got a fortification of an offensive line that allows him to be at his best for the maximum amount of time. So I think that is something that is going to shape his approach in this offseason as they try to do, as we've talked about forever, solidifying that group in front of Justin Fields and solidifying that group uh, for a long time to come in a way that, that makes you feel comfortable. I'm just going to be honest. Sometimes I think it is overstated how someone's previous stop as an assistant dictates the decision sure. you make as the head person. And and I, I'm not saying that's necessarily the case here, but I also look at the Chiefs and you can you know kind of cherry pick your examples. And I look at, uh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes changed everything about the Chiefs but the offensive line mentality, building from the ball on out, you know, the Chiefs haven't had a lot of stability on their offensive line. They've had a lot of success offensively because their weapons have maybe overcome that deficiency up front. But when I look at building a football team, yeah, who doesn't want to be the Chiefs? But they got a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah. And they had all those weapons and they've got, you know, they had some playmakers on defense, but their defense has been iffy at times throughout this this run that they're on. So I guess from a traditional standpoint, if I'm watching the way the bears should be approaching this off season, I don't know that I want to, I don't know saying that, you know, he's going to copy and really lean on his experience with the chiefs would get me as excited because I think that almost is, it's very impossible to duplicate. Show me the Eagles. That, that to me would be the copycat out of this, uh, final four is that, you know, give me the Eagles example. Let me start at the ball, move on out, solidify both lines. Oh yeah. I need a wide receiver. 
I'll give up some draft capital. Give me that guy. Oh, our quarterback, he can do a lot of things. He's not hes not prototypical, but we can win with him because he's intangibles and he does something special. So I, I, I don't. I don't know that I want to like put too much into this idea like, well, Ryan Poles came from the Chiefs and the Bears are going to do what they did because I don't believe that. I don't really believe they can. I'm not saying it's a step-by-step manual that he's taking from Kansas City, oh, but I'm saying I he's going to pluck and pick and, and, and yeah. choose things from within his experience that help uh, inform the way he's going. 